Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. Quite a week it's been, folks. Seems like history is being made every week under the Biden administration. We have historically low approval ratings and favorability ratings for this president, historically high inflation, historically high illegal immigration at the cartel-owned border, and just this week, history made when Joe Biden and his Marxist M. lackeys on the Colorado Supreme Court removed President Trump from the primary ballot. Colorado is blue, and they're high as they can be, living their best Soviet Union state, don't you think? I'll say it's been nice to see a mostly unified Republican Party for a change behind President Trump at a time when we need it the most. But as always, there are rhinos who stand with the Marxist Dems and their malicious acts and words. Take, for example, Congressman Chip Roy. Please take him. He was on a Trump-hating rage on CNN this week. He found a safe place there at CNN. He told the audience that Trump is too busy hanging out in his basement in Florida to campaign and debate poor little Ron DeSantis. I was just at multiple events with Ron DeSantis where he's shaking their hands and looking them in the eye while Donald Trump hangs out in his basement in Florida afraid to actually debate. What's he afraid of? I, you know, look, I'm happy to debate him if he wants to anywhere. I'm just a little old congressman. Why won't he debate Ron DeSantis or any of the other candidates? I think he should. You know, Chip Roy is quite an interesting character. Make no mistake about it, Roy knows what he's doing. He's talking pure bull, so the Marxist Dems will put him on their TV. That's right, he's kissing up to the Marxists by cutting down President Trump. Some big conservative, right? His constituents must be wondering just how screwy their congressman really is. And by the way, Chip Roy, there are no basements in Florida. 
Texans certainly deserve better than Chip Roy, and they have a lot of great politicians, great Americans in that state, I must say, and among them, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. He's seen enough of Biden's destruction of this country up close with the border, and maybe it's time for Texas to remove Biden from the ballot in his state. Seeing what happened in Colorado makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, uh, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. As I said, Patrick is a great American. We won't mention that screwball congressman. One legal scholar we regard very highly here on The Great America Show is Alan Dershowitz. He says taking Trump off the ballot is anti-democratic and unconstitutional. In the 60 years I've been practicing and teaching law, I've never seen a decision that is so anti-democratic and so unconstitutional. It is absurd. Uh, The idea that the 14th Amendment was supposed to substitute to the impeachment provision carefully drafted by the framers um, is wrong. if you want to impeach a president, if you want to make him not run, be able to run in the future, there's a provision. It requires a two-thirds vote of the Senate. But the idea that the framers of the 14th Amendment intended to circumvent that carefully drawn provision and, and simply allow any state to make up uh, grounds for denying him the right to be on the ballot uh, undercuts uh, democracy. The 14th Amendment itself is very clear. It says in Section 5, The Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. The Congress. That's the United States Congress. There's no provision in the 14th Amendment for any state or certainly any state court to interfere with the right to vote by its citizens. So uh, this is a terrible, terrible decision. It will cause disarray. It will, if it were to be affirmed by the Supreme Court, which I doubt it will be, it would cause distrust in the electoral process and would result in a repeat of 2020, where whatever the result of the election was, particularly if Trump were to lose, he wouldn't accept the loss, and he would have, in this case, some legal basis for questioning whether or not the courts had any proper role to play in taking him off the ballot. Straightforward now, and to the point, turning to foreign policy, NBC News is reporting that Chinese dictator Xi Jinping bluntly told puppet President Biden during their recent summit in San Francisco, that Beijing will reunify Taiwan with mainland China. She reportedly said he doesn't have the timing set yet on when he plans to do that. The news was reported to NBC by three current and former U.S. officials, no one from the White House apparently talking, certainly not to the American people. She did, however, tell the group at that meeting he prefers to take Taiwan peacefully, that's good to know, rather than forcefully. That, I think, would be to Xi's advantage. I can assure you there will be no such thing as a peaceful, peaceful assimilation of Taiwan into mainland China. Not by a long shot. Our guest today is author and geopolitical expert Gordon Chang. Gordon, great to have you with us, as always. Thanks for being with us. And I think I should say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. It's closing so fast it's scary, as my wife would put it. Let's talk about, first of all, if I may, a Biden administration right now that's entirely off balance. It seems absolutely upside down in terms of foreign policy, whether it's the Middle East, whether it's China, it's Europe. There's just no sense to what we're watching this administration do. Well, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and and your listeners. 
And yes, the Biden administration foreign policy is in collapse. And we have not seen such a rapid failure of the United States um, in our lifetimes. Um, you know, you talk about the Middle East right now, where you have, for instance, all of these attacks on shipping. And the Biden response is, um, which is something that we'll see uh, in the not too distant future, is the formation of a multilateral um, maritime protection force. But what they're really trying to do, as people say, is they're trying to shoot down arrows when we really should be going after the archers. And even I think we should be going after the parties supplying the arrows to the archers, in other words, China. Um, so really what we've got right now is an administration that is trying to manage crises, failing across the board, and is allowing bad actors to do what they want. So this is really very dangerous. It, it, it gets, it seems worse because China is now, has a presence in South America, uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, it has a presence and a growing presence in the, in the Middle East, Africa, obviously. They are making, it seems, a very big point of positioning themselves to be at least the equal, if not superior to, uh, the U.S. presence in all of those places. Uh, is that the strategy? That's China's strategy. You know, you take the Middle East. When um, President Trump left office, we had um, stable relations with countries in the Persian Gulf, other than Iran, of course. And that was the right posture. And, and President Trump had the most successful Middle East policy of any American president since FDR. FDR is the one who stitched up the relationship with the House of Saud. What we've seen right now is China become the dominant power in the Middle East because President Biden had, for instance, um, opened the door in, in Saudi Arabia to the Chinese because Biden, he campaigned on making the House of Saud a pariah over the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, who, by the way, was no friend of the United States. Um, but the point was that we sacrificed our foreign policy. We allowed the Chinese to take over the Gulf Cooperation Council. And right now, we're being chased out of the region. Chased out of the region. And there is a view that uh, perhaps that's an appropriate withdrawal for the United States, uh, given the, the legion of failures by the United States in the Middle East. Uh, we haven't done much right, as far as I can see, and as far as, uh, as others are maintaining. Yeah, I understand that view. Now, President Trump with the Abraham Accords um, accomplished something historic. Right. But putting that aside for the moment, I can understand why people don't want to be in the Middle East. And the point, though, is that, yes, we can withdraw from the Middle East, but we've got to do it in a manner that leaves the region stable. What we have done was we took a stable region and which is now aflame because of Iran and China um, and, of course, Iran's proxies, the Houthi militia, Hamas and Hezbollah. So this is not something that uh, is advantageous for anybody except for, of course, for the bad actors. Well, the bad actors and there are plenty in the Middle East. And right now uh, we have a report from the Pentagon, <clears throat> excuse me, a report from the Pentagon uh, at the end of last week that there had been uh, more than a hundred attacks on our uh, our soldiers, our our troops 
in Syria and Iraq. A lot of people would have never guessed that we still had troops in Syria or Iraq. But there it is. And in those uh, attacks, 66 of our, our troops wounded, 19 of them with serious brain trauma. And Gordon, there's no discussion of this by Lloyd Austin. There's no discussion of this by President Biden, or even for that matter, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor. It's as if we should accept, the American people should accept having no force security when we when an administration puts our our military in harm's way. Absolutely right. Um, you know, again, we can talk about whether the U.S. should be in Iraq and Syria. Um, but the point is, if we're going to have uh, forces there, we've got to protect them. And President Biden has gone out of his way not to protect them. Um, there's been a couple of pinpoint uh, retaliatory attacks by the U.S., but since that time, the number of attacks on American forces have multiplied. And, you know, we're now at that 100 number. Um, the point here is that we know how to protect ourselves. We know who's attacking us, but we're not willing to take those adequate measures to protect our forces there. It's the same story with the shipping in the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf and the Arabian Sea. Um, we know who's doing this. We know how to stop it. But uh, the Biden administration doesn't want to take those steps which involve the use of force. Once you have allowed the situation to deteriorate, you've got to protect um, peace and stability, and the Biden team won't do that. And they won't do it because they're very pro-Iran. you got pro-Iran elements in the State Department and in the National Security Council, and they are basically supporting an enemy against the United States itself. We have such people in our State Department, in our national security apparatus, why do we have them, and why isn't something being done about it? Um, questions for which I have no answer. Um, the Biden team has been, you know, and this is something you see in, in the um, Obama administration as well, um, has been very pro-Iran, um, engaging in, um, I mean, a policy that really makes no sense, unless, of course, you support Tehran. Um, but these are enemies of the United States. And um, we've allowed this to continue. And the American people should be outraged. You know, just to give you an example, Lou, on 9-11 this year, when we, uh, the Biden administration announced the exchange of prisoners and hostages right. and the unfreezing of $6 billion of Iranian funds, a part of that deal, which didn't get publicized, was that Biden issued clemency granted clemency to five Iranian operatives. Only two of them um, decided to go back to Iran. He released three of them into the United States. He released them into the United States when we still have Secret Service protection for low-level Trump officials because they are the targets of Iranian assassination attempts. And we're releasing Iranian operatives into yeah. the United States? This is unspeakable. It is unspeakable, but there is so much unspeakable about the choices, the decisions, uh, and the statements of this administration, as you, as you well know. We're going to continue with Gordon Chang, and when we do, uh, we're going to examine what is an inventory of threats right now around the world against the United States. Please stay with us. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're back now. We're talking with Gordon Chang. And Gordon, it's always great to talk with you here. Uh, and we appreciate you being with us. L- let's talk about why there is a tolerance for the Houthis. Uh, who in Yemen, who are attacking uh, with drones uh, and missiles and rockets, uh, shipping, they are uh, at the same time uh, trying to hijack uh, freighters, uh, cargo ships uh, in the uh, in the region. Give us give us your analysis, if you will, as to why the U.S. government and the Europe uh, and other uh, <clears throat> India, for example, are not doing more to stop this? Well, with regard to the United States, it's that very pro-Iran um, element in the Biden administration. Um, we are not, and, and, and we know um, because American diplomats in the region will privately say that they've been instructed not to draw the links between the actions of uh, Hamas and the Houthis and Hezbollah back to Iran. It's only I'm been sorry. in the last- Gordon, I, I, make sure I understand that in the, in the audience. There, who's telling whom not to link to Iran? Yeah, in um, is U.S. ambassadors, um, U.S. officials have been um, privately will admit that they have been instructed um, to not draw the linkages to Iran. Only in the last couple of weeks has the administration been willing to say that in public, that Iran has fueled these attacks. Um, But for more than a month, um, there was a studious attempt to make sure that Iran was protected. Now, I don't know why the administration would ever do this when it was clear who was behind the attacks. I guess there was some sort of attempt to, to entice Iran into better behavior. But after decades of, um, you know, announced hate for the U.S., that is just so naive as to border on insanity. So really what we've got is an administration which, for whatever reason, and, and I, I, I can't fathom it, Lou, but for whatever reason is adopting a policy that is creating even more chaos in the Middle East. And by the way, leaders in the region themselves will say that the United States is helpless. You know, and, and we have so much in the way of military assets. We've got two carrier groups, the Eisenhower and the Ford. And, you know, clearly we can't do any, even though we've got more military power than anybody else, we're being viewed as helpless because of the policies of the Biden administration of the commander in chief. Well, you, you, you talk about that power. It, it's a, 
this power that we are projecting, this administration is projecting, uh, is unfortunately, uh, it's not helpful if you can't, if you don't mean to use it uh, and don't have a, a, a plan, a strategy, uh, a forehand. This is right now a, an administration, as I said at the outset, that seems to be utterly uh, adrift, upside down, whatever you want to say, uh, in foreign policy. Uh, also talking about bringing in more ships uh, into the Gulf and to put more of our Navy uh, into the region, taking on more responsibility at a time when we find out our military is at the lowest level uh, in uh, since before World War II. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had one point, people don't even realize this, that Roosevelt r ran up the military without weapons and training and everything else, doing his best to make sure we had 1.4 million people in the military uh, before Pearl Harbor. Uh, but we're now at 1.3 million and, and facing all sorts of shortages. Um, how big a problem, how much trouble is the United States in? You know, when you look at the U.S. military, it is... It's a, it's a tragic situation um, because, you know, it's obvious that Russia and China, their proxies, um, believe that they can get away with murder, literally. Um, and they announced that they want to annex various countries. So it's very clear what their intentions are. They can't we can't say that this is that they're hiding what they want to do. And yet we have almost no sense of urgency in the Pentagon and certainly no sense of urgency in the Biden administration. Um, we should be, we should understand that the Chinese, you know, the Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, he talks about war all the time and he's preparing China for war. And we have a president who actually um, in August at a Democratic Party fundraiser, which was private in Utah, actually talked about China as a ticking time bomb. And yet he will not talk to the American people about that danger. And he is not getting us ready to defend ourselves because the dangers are evident. We don't need any more warnings from China what it intends to do. And yet we have in a military which is studiously ignoring what the Chinese are telling us. Well, it's see something, say something, see something, do something. Uh, we, we are a nation right now that is living by that sort of uh, quaint old uh, Department of Homeland Security expression in the wake of uh, September 11th. You know, see something, say something. But we have our military saying something but doing nothing. We have our, uh, our all of our government national security apparatus saying something but seemingly doing absolutely nothing. Our intelligence agencies seem to be doing nothing of any remarkable uh, benefit to the United States. I, I, I wonder why this country might not consider, uh, and I'd like to take this up with you right after the commercial break, I'd like to talk about why we shouldn't consider drawing our horns in just a bit. We're deeply in debt. We could be a debtor nation in perpetuity. Uh, we have the smallest military we've had in 80 years. We have serious issues with the economy, and we have malign actors uh, around the world as well as within this country, uh, enemies foreign and domestic. Um, we want to find out what Gordon Chang has to say about why we shouldn't just become perhaps less aggressive in our foreign policy, perhaps. Um, more cautious and careful as uh, as Americans. We'll be right back 
with Gordon Jenks. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Gordon Chang. And Gordon, I realize this will be very unpopular with our audience and with many Americans. But given all that we're facing right now, uh, a commander-in-chief who is uh, impaired, who is compromised, uh, who is deficient in almost every way. Uh, given the, the demands on this economy, we are deeply, deeply in debt. Uh, we have uh, so many issues, uh, including the smallest military in our uh, last 80 years. We have to, it seems to me, to consider being far more prudent, uh, constrained, uh, rational, and careful. Uh, why could we not do that? Well, I, I actually agree with you. We do need to be far more careful than we have been. And in some places, we may have to have lower ambitions. But I think that largely we can deal with many of these issues with the change in leadership. Um, because what's happened is, you know, you go back to um, President Trump. President Trump left the world in a stable position. Um, we were enjoying prosperity and also um, there was peace. Um, we didn't see bad actors attacking their neighbors, um, but it was Biden's um, policy, starting with the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan um, that created this chain of events, which uh, has ended up with the war in Ukraine, insurgencies across North Africa, the October 7th attack against Israel and other uh, hotspots around the world. So we're, we're in trouble um, and we're gonna have to figure out how to do it. But I think a lot of it is going to be just leadership that we need a president that the rest of the world um, uh, honors and respects. And the other thing is that um, of course, we need our allies um, to step up substantially their defense spending. Japan announced a 50% increase in their defense spending over five years, and they did that last December. We need to see NATO countries do that, and we need to see countries like the Philippines and South Korea do that as well. Um, so there, there are a lot of fixes to this, um, and part of it is understanding what our capabilities are now, plus also changes in leadership. And, and by the way, those changes in leadership need to be uh, in the Pentagon as well because we've got some flag officers who um, are much more interested in currying favor with the commander in chief than they are of speaking truth to the American people, which is a derogation of their duty to us to defend the United States. 
Well, with that, I, as we as we look at the, all of these threats and challenges around the around the world, I mean, we're talking about even within this hemisphere. Uh, it, it seems to me that it, there either will be wise leadership that will adopt a more modest foreign policy, will tie that foreign policy directly uh, to our national values, uh, to our our relationships with those nations and take all of that into consideration. Uh, at this point, it, with Israel, we have Lloyd Austin, the defense uh, secretary, uh, telling right now the Israeli government what to do and how to fight their war. Um, it's The last thing it is, is modest and uh, constrained. Uh, it's aggressive and really coming from a, a leader uh, who does not have any acumen, as far as I can tell, um, in diplomacy or foreign relations, and and it's an open question on his military career. Yeah, two things. Um, I, I watched that uh, press conference between Lloyd Austin and the Israeli defense minister, and clearly Lloyd Austin is telling the Israelis how to fight the war. And, and you're right. More modestly, we should allow uh, Israel to do what it needs to do to win the war. They know how to win that war. We don't. Um, and the Biden administration has had a record of consistent failure in the Middle East. Second thing, our southern border. We are allowing potential saboteurs and operatives into our country, along with um, record volumes of fentanyl. This is a conscious Biden policy to open the border. Um, you know, under President Trump, we were building the wall. We were controlling uh, the flow of migrants across that border. And we were at the point where we were almost able to stop it altogether. Um, and this is just an issue of leadership. And now we have potential saboteurs all across our country, probably in the thousands. Remember, it only took 19 terrorists on 9-11 to kill 2,977 Americans on one day. Now we got thousands of people who are not being tracked in our country. It's it's a you know, it is so amazing to me that people go to work day to day, live their lives in this country and don't realize uh, or have perhaps reason to realize that we've had something like 10 million people, 10 million illegal immigrants enter this country since the Biden administration uh, was uh, inaugurated. Uh, this is a dangerous moment. We don't know who they are. We don't have any connection uh, to them. I, our media doesn't report on them. Uh, I, I don't know where one turns in this uh, in instance uh, to deal with what has become a flood, an invasion of uh, people that a, an un, no one would have ever imagined that administration would do this to, to a country. Uh, and if it's not impeachable, I don't know what should be, but uh, it's it's outrageous. Yes. Um, you know, in terms of what we can do as, as citizens, let's go back to Reedley, California this spring, where a, a vigilant building inspector noticed that a hose was connected to a building that was supposed to be abandoned. And um, uh, she found a secret Chinese biological weapons facility inside with at least 20 pathogens, including Ebola, and almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. Um, so it's see something, say something, and it's also see something, go to the polls and vote, because this is an issue of leadership. 
Um, and you're absolutely right. Um, this situation is unprecedented. Um, it is inexplicable, the Biden policies. And, and Lou, while we're talking about inexplicable policies, let me just give you an example. In 2020, President Trump issued an executive order banning the importation into the United States of electrical equipment from China. The idea was to prevent um, China from infiltrating equipment in our to our grid that they could take down in a cyber attack. So what did President Biden in his first hours in office before he went to any inaugural ball, what did he do? He issued an executive order that repealed Trump's ban on Chinese electrical equipment. And, and Biden didn't replace it with anything. So really what we have is a conscious decision to leave ourselves open for attack. And if you wanna talk about offenses um, against the United States, to me, that was item number one, day one, hour three, I think, of the Biden administration. Well, that and energy, of course, uh, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, reversing uh, all of the uh, pro-energy uh, independence uh, policies of the Trump administration. But that is rectifiable, and we'll have an opportunity in less than a year to do just that. Um, so God willing, and uh, everyone goes to the poll, and uh, we make sure we know who's doing the counting. Gordon Chang, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it, as always. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks, my friend. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and safe New Year, Lou. Gordon Chang, and thanks, everybody, for being with us here today. Our guest tomorrow on The Great America Show, January 6er, Jake Lang. Jake, in solitary confinement, he joins us from the D.C. Gulag, where he's been locked up for more than a 1,000 days without a trial and no trial date set. Jake's case has been taken up by the Supreme Court and he will be with us to talk about that. We hope you will as well. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. And may God bless America.